Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Longbox Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics and Rogue Media Network. Your bi-weekly info dump of all comics news. Up, up, and away. There's a classic. That's a classic. And So I don't know if you guys notice or can tell. I'm a little under the weather, so. We're glad you made it today, man. We were yeah. worried, like. Uh, you were dying. We were going to have to was, do a rest in peace episode. A right? memorial. We'll have Dan's all his. Memorial. <laughs> Memorial. Memorial. Is Christina still out of town? So you're still just solo? Mm-mm. Oh, no, so you're back? She came back awesome. uh, Friday. Awesome. So she was back. So I'm, I'm still a newlywed, but I was sick I mean, maybe like in January with COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt just like I needed her. And any time that she left, I felt so betrayed. So I... Uh, when we're sick, it's the worst. I'm the biggest baby. Uh, me too. And I'm Kate to is be. like... It doesn't help that she fits, you know, that... Like she'll she'll get up and go to work and fix stuff in the house and do stuff while she's like got like the flu. I'm like oh god, you know. And she well now it's different because of COVID. Right now she doesn't go in, but before then when she would get sick, she would like do all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, got allergies, and I'm like, I can't get out of the bed. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's still uh, newlywed shit. <laughs> when when you get in after a while, you're like, I'm sick. Your you, you're going just, away. Yeah, your, your spouse. All just right. leaves, your spouse just leaves you. <laughs> yeah, just. She's like, I hope you feel better. I'll see you in a week, maybe. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. That's terrible. Let's get into some news, y'all. Okay, cool. All right, so I, I got uh, my little bit today, because I'm taking this a little bit personal. Not really, Uh-oh. but uh, yeah, you already know what's coming. The Red Power Ranger scandal. Scandal, if you want to call it that. Scam. Scam. The scam. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Scam. I mean, the scam. Um, the, uh, the Red Ranger, uh, the first Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Austin St. John, real uh-huh. name is Jason Geiger. He uh, was caught up in a PPP loan, the uh, COVID right. pandemic yeah. loan. Uh, <clears throat> scam. Scam. Yeah. Um, and then his team uh, released a, because he was part of 15, like 15, I think, people that got caught mm-hmm. in this little ring wow. or scam. And his team put out uh, on his Facebook page. Statement. The statement. Uh, that he was, uh, he you know, no malicious intent. He was just a, a victim of being a part of a third party. Like what? What third party were you doing? How much did he steal? I, I didn't. I don't know the number. It was in the millions. Yeah, it was in the millions. Man, 
It was. Yeah. It was. I think it was like three point four million. That's wild. And fifteen dollars. Because he's one of them. Because people. he took one of our books. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to join that lawsuit. Yes. We're going we'll to be reaching out. We're going to make sure we get our yes. recompense yes. out of this whole thing <laughs> for sure. But that's a little wild, man. It's a little bit disappointing. Honestly, like I mean, I'm an adult. I met him, um, and it was really cool because that you know that childhood seeing him. Never on TV. meet your heroes. Jim. Exactly. Yeah. And now when I saw him, like, damn man. That just sucks. You know? I've it some, does. I've heard some stories about him, so I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really care, but like, it's just kind of like a shitty thing to do within that community. You know, yeah. the community that's so open and so like about for helping everybody and supporting, and then you've got a big, you know, face in the community that's like, I'm doing you know shady stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was like a real life hero in in real life too because he was a uh, uh, an EMT. Oh wow! Um, and then he went over uh, during the uh, the Iraq War. He went over there and he's uh, a medical assistant out there. Uh, so you know he did really cool stuff outside of power. Yeah. Rangers. And you know look on his Facebook page, he is like you know one of those real uh, right leaning pro oh, uh, yeah. pro freedoms pro you know um, he was I didn't want to get too too into that but anyway he was. Uh, it's really surprising to yeah. see him get caught up in something like is this. It, well, if it's now that you say that, now that you say that, like it's not really. It's like just capitalism. Yeah, like that's what that is. And then, <laughs> and, and then the cherry on top that pissed me off uh, here in town, uh, KWTX. I think it's uh, channel tw- uh, channel ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. they put on their Facebook page, but they put a picture of him of uh, uh, <laughs> the John, wrong red and then the wrong Red Ranger, <laughs> and I was like. Okay, <laughs> this is the wrong ranger. This is Ricardo Medina. He got caught Damn. for murder. And he's like, this is not the Red Ranger. And then they uh, put on there, it's like, we have the right picture, guys. I'm like, unfollow. But have you ever followed? Those news channel updates are so crazy. They're all competing. Like the local news stuff, they're uh-huh. all competing on trying to get the news faster to these Waco ones who they think we live under a rock or something. I'm on Team Channel 25. Team, <laughs> team, team Channel 25. I might be switching over to Team Channel 6. They have they have an all-black news cast. Oh, now. nice. An, all, an all-black female-led news. Hey, that's wow. tight. Yeah, that's so, really awesome. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's for Central Texas. Come on. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty tight. Yeah. So. so other than the news about the news, what you got, Danny? Me? Yeah, Why are you coming to me? News. I mean, Mondo's okay. right next to you. I okay, I got two things. One is um, they are working on a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen TV series. So I don't know if you guys have ever... Is it going to... Is it going to carry... Okay, so is it going to carry on from the movie? I think it's going to be... Or is it going to be a new It's going to be setup. like a do, new setup. I think it's on... It says here that it's... Um, Hulu? Hulu, yes. Okay. Wasn't the original League of Extraordinary League of Extraordinary Gentlemen mostly women? Eh, no, no, it's no. been that same cast. It's, it was a comic by Dark Horse back in the, I don't know, maybe late two hundreds, maybe nineties. The late two hundreds. I mean, uh, two, sorry, the <laughs> early two thousands. The early two thousands. Mondo's a vampire. <laughs> I'm a vampire, guys. <laughs> oh, I remember when it was written in the two hundreds. That's why I have my monster in my, drink today, in my, bro. my hometown. <laughs> But yeah, so um, no, it was all the same. Um, the so village I I, <laughs> I terrorized. <laughs> now it will be the same like characters that were in the yeah. movie. So you have like Quartermain and uh, Sawyer, uh, Dorian Gray, all these characters from like literature and Wait, stuff. Wait, they're doing Tom Sawyer? I thought Tom Sawyer was added for the movie. Because in the book, it's Alan Quartermain right. and. Uh, oh, that's, sorry, that's what I meant. They're the same characters okay. that were in the movie okay. are okay. going to be yeah. in the new series. Right. So. 
Like so, Mina Harkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invisible mm-hmm. Man. Right. And, uh, Doc, Dr. Dr. Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hyde. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. It was pretty cool. I yeah. like it. It's great. It was, it, you know what? It's underrated. It's highly mm-hmm. underrated. Like, it was, it was uh, handled poorly. Mm-hmm. I think because they did try to push the Tom Sawyer character. Yeah. And they skewed away from the source material. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's highly enjoyable. I like watching it. If I it's defi- on TV, yeah. I Yeah. I definitely think they were trying to, like, hope for, like, um, you know, sequels and stuff to, like you said, to push right. that, that yeah. uh, handing off the torch to, you know, Sawyer and stuff, but... Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a. I mean, I own it on DVD and stuff, but like Danny said, every time it's on, I'll watch it because it's good. Yeah, and for the time, I thought the CGI was really good too. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like, yeah. Jack, the uh, Doctor Jekyll and Hyde effect mm-hmm. was right. pretty cool. I think was it practical effects? Or was that CGI? I think I think most of it was CGI. Yeah, like uh, Captain Nemo's boat uh, submarine. Yeah. Oh, that was so that cool was when exciting. it comes up. Yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, my second piece of news is one I'm really excited for is Conan. The properties is leaving Marvel Comics, which I think is great. Um, I think that's that's a big move for Conan. Yeah, like um, I don't know if our viewers, the one, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they know, but like Marvel had been publishing them, publishing Conan, right? And then they brought him into the modern day Marvel universe, right? And that that. I don't. I don't think that works. Conan had had um, Conan in the eighties, I think, and um, but they like they solely focused on Conan's right. stories. Yeah. Marvel had Conan in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And so then um, he went back to like Dark Horse, and then he shuffled around. Um, I think to another independent company too. Then ended up staying with Dark Horse. Marvel acquired them a couple years back and started pushing original Conan stories, but then. Like Danny said, tied him into the Marvel universe, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, like he's with the Savage Avengers, like it was weird yeah. seeing him next to Elektra. It's just, I mean, I know he's a powerful, prominent character, but you stick him up against these like superheroes, it it doesn't make sense. Like, it's like an Inspector Gadget with the Justice right, League. and he's been getting a lot of headway now um, with a Blaze comics. They've been putting out all these classic stories, so I think maybe they have some bigger plans um, with the properties. You know, the Edgar Rice Burroughs, I mean, uh, Robert E. Howard. I think to have some bigger plans as far as the property itself because he's becoming more popular in the indie in the indie community more than think, he is yeah. in the marvel it's it's cyclical for yeah Conan. yeah every few years he hits yeah. this really like peak right where new readers discover him mm-hmm. and everything so but yeah that was my news for today so yeah tight um some sad news we mm-hmm. lost in the comics community two like legends george perez and neil adams yeah um both of them highly regarded highly influential uh i don't think there was a character george perez didn't draw in both marvel and dc universes and neil adams you can trace a lot of today's artists back to neil adams like jim lee uh travis charay you know all the like john even john byrne some of the mid 80s to 90s artists all were heavily influenced by neil adams uh, if you ever met George Perez on a comic scene, like one of the con scenes, he was very nice. He was very cordial. He would sit and talk for hours and hours and both he and Neil and, and they would give you advice, mm-hmm. you know, sound advice, like really good stuff. Uh, yeah. You can go online and see like all these creators just coming out of the woodwork with stories about how they helped and how they inspired and, 
and, and essentially taught, you know, taught without teaching because they were already established in their careers mm -hmm. and they would have these new artists come in and they would just kind of like nudge them on, like, you know. So um, that's sad news. Uh, I think we knew George Perez was going to die. He had been diagnosed with cancer and he was on like a farewell tour. But Neil Adams kind of came out of the blue, out of nowhere. Yeah, he, he does these like live shows, Neil, to sell his art and interact with fans, you know, once COVID happened. And he kind of kept that mentality. Um, they did mention that he was ill for a while, but they had come back on and said, oh, he's, you know, he's doing okay now and stuff. And it, it wasn't COVID related, but I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it, he's pretty, he's a pretty older dude. Like, and, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, his Diet Cokes, that's what he always had at shows, like 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 a 12-pack, just drinking, talking and stuff. So, but he, yeah, he's actually, he did, he gave me my first portfolio review and it was very intense. And he was very, um, like, it was, to a normal person, it was he was mean about it. But then we actually started talking about art and it was very inspired. And from then on, I'm not going to say we're friends, but every time I was at a show, he was like, hey, how's it going? The dude with the... He stabbed the big earrings. He's like, hey, that's the guy at the big earrings. Come over here. And he'd show me some new art. We talk about like Dead Man because that's one of my favorite characters. Like, just talk. But Neil was very, I think, like an acquired taste. You have, you hear these stories that he was very like, um, oh, he, he didn't want to talk to me or he didn't want to sign my stuff. But it's always like from like hardcore, these like collect people that collect signatures and stuff. He was always talking about anything to everybody that wasn't even like comic related. He was a big tech guy. So we're talking about technology and what's the future like and stuff. But yeah, we're going to miss those two. Yeah. That's crazy. But time goes on. That's why us artists now, we have to really be in, you know, if you're an artist out there, be serious about your work, have fun and stuff. But also like, because we're going to be the new wave of those people that, you know, we do reviews or talk to younger artists about. Right you know, how we want comics to be drawn. So like we're trying to carry on that knowledge that we've been given. Right. Pass exactly. It, pass it down to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So Joey, mm -hmm. I didn't know too much about him to be honest, man. Joey. Yeah. Joey's still young. Like, yeah, like I, mean, I read some of their stories, but I mean, I don't really know too much about the artists behind the stories. I think, uh, Joey's favorite artist might be like one of those Nick jr. Guys. <laughs> The, the guy who, blues drew, who drew Blue's Clues, yeah. <laughs> Greg Peters, get on the phone. <laughs> oh, man. I, Greg, where are you? No, I don't know if I have a favorite artist. I, mean, I don't really know if I have someone whose artwork. I'm That's like, so you know, strange I, to I, me, I, right? Like, as someone, yeah. and I'm not saying that it's a bad, but you as a writer, I get it. But if I didn't know you, and you were just like, oh, yeah, I write comics. You're like, oh, who's what's your favorite artist right now? Or something like, I don't really look at the art. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I like art, but. That would blow my mind. Like, I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of Ivan Rice. And, uh, yeah. Uh, damn it, what's that guy's name? Uh, Ivan, um, uh, X-Men guy. Um, Pepe Larraz. Oh, yeah. Uh, there yeah. you go. I'm a little big fan of them. But that's the thing, I think, with you, too, is that you recognize art when you see it. Like, if you see one issue and you don't know who the artist is, but you know that Pepe Larraz drew this, you'd be like, oh, I like this. But not knowing that it's Pepe Larraz, you would just like it, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how you are. Like, I, I feel like... Ivan Rice, I could put, I could put Neil Adams down, and Alan Davis, and Ivan Rice. Yeah, three images, three different, completely different. You and I would be able to tell yeah. who did yeah. what. Yeah, but Joey would be like, yeah, it's all the same guy. Yeah, 
It's all the same guy. True, that's true. It's probably what he likes, right? Yeah. Just if he likes it or not. I'll get that eye eventually. But no, y'all just, I know y'all spend time like studying these guys and like going over every single line and every single curve that they ever did to try to incorporate or try to learn from from y'all. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, what, what, what true artists are feeling whenever, you know, these guys have passed. Because now, I mean, e- even the younger guys, I saw a post on there. It's like, uh, I can't remember who made it, but it was, uh, it was going around Twitter. Um, but it was like uh, essentially saying what Armando was just saying, that, you know, it's, it's our turn now to take up that next mantle because, uh, you know, they're the next ones up. And so it's just going to be a, like a trickling down effect, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully the next generation is able to inspire the next so that we can keep on having more creators. Kind of like how that... Uh, the school here in town did that little mini comic con. Oh yeah, Rappaport. And Rappaport, yeah. Yeah, that's a good piece of news. Shout out to the students at Rappaport Academy. That the second grade class, I think, held their own comic con. They had students write their own and draw their graphic novels, and they had all the other students come to their table. Yeah. And, like, and I was like, dang man, I was not doing that when I was. That was that, that was cool. <laughs> it was cool. Joey was mad because we weren't invited. Because we <laughs> like, where, where's the Plus Waco team? <laughs> they didn't compass the table, man. <laughs> calm down, Joseph. Calm down. <laughs> Right, man. But no, it's just it's really cool. It's uh, honestly seeing something like that yeah, and man, seeing it's the exciting. passing of, uh, of the two titans like that. You know, you kind of really see things going to go full circle for sure. And that it's it's not going to end. It's just going to keep on going and more stories, different stories, and uh, different titans are going to rise and fall. Man, it's just mm-hmm. the way it goes. Yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, with that, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with a word from our sponsors. Kmart, come and get your <laughs> completely brown suit. Remember Kmart? I think there's like <laughs> one left. We were a thing. There's one <laughs> And we're back. And go. we're back. Cue the, the Batman 66 intro. Like the yeah, there you go. Uh, we need a soundboard. Oh, that would be good. Whatever, Joey. Yeah. What's your opinion? Nope. <laughs> well, we'll take callers. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there, man. Um, we uh, so we we're a little bit behind, uh, but we had a free comic book day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this what not last weekend? Yeah, everybody did. Everybody had free comic yeah. book day. Not not just us. It's a, everybody. It's country oh, yeah. ride all so over the country. It's a nationwide thing. Yeah. So we all might have gotten the same books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we uh, there was a, a good turnout this year because this was the first year for, uh, for us here in Central Texas that was like. I don't want to say like like it was before COVID, but it was in Waco. It was a return. Yeah, it was, it was a, a return. return for Waco Bankston's Comics. Um, they always put on a good event, and then COVID halted everything. So now, this year they did it big. They got the DJ. They got the bouncy house. Everybody got extra comics because they had a lot of inventory from you know the years that were shut down. Yeah, up to thirty books. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, and it was fun, man. We we went out there and drew some sketches and stuff for some people. Talk to him about the book. Hung out with some other fellow artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. We had we had a we made a little bit of money. We weren't even trying. Yeah, we were really just out there uh, to promote free comic book day. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think Bankston's not only has uh, well as of a week ago they had one copy of our book left. Yeah, that was a really cool feeling to mm-hmm. hear. Um, but uh, it helps cool. when you only give them two. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we didn't tell y'all. Yeah, gave him like twenty or something. Anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the books from Free Comic Book Day because mm-hmm. there were some big reveals, um, mainly with uh, Marvel with uh, the Judgment Day event. Yeah, uh, the entire uh, Avengers versus X Men versus Eternals uh, 
crossover, if if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, and in it, there's some revelations that kind of uh, change a few things like we were told before, like, mm-hmm. the, like the mutants and the deviants. And uh, originally, whenever it was, uh, we learned that there was going to be a conflict between, uh, like the mutants were now going to be teamed deviants, you know. I thought it was going to be like a bad idea. I didn't know how they were going to tie it together, how they were going to do it. This kind of makes it, you know, acceptable. You know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens next. Well, uh, I mean, you're like glossing over how did they make mutants into deviants? So let's rewind about a million years ago. Let's not do that. Yeah. Okay. Not any of that. Shit. So what is happening is that anytime an organism grows beyond a certain point and mm-hmm. develops a certain ability, that is where the, the Eternals de- uh, claim them to be deviants. Right. They're deviants of their own origin or their species, right. as it were. So, like, the mutants, they're, they've uh, evolved beyond human capabilities. Now, they like, the humans were regular, and these are considered to be deviations, mm-hmm. which are deviants in Eternals. Uh, mindscape and so for Eternals they must be wiped off the map see I read it differently I read it they were the I, I read the deviation was the fact that the X-Men or the the uh, the mutants solved death I thought that was the deviation well that's what he's saying they've got he to summarized the point, it they, they've gotten to the point that their mutant abilities have been able to solve for death okay which is not they've gone beyond it's not human species. because we die yeah. like They've gone beyond their species. Mm-hmm. There's a line in there. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember which eternal it is, uh, but like uh, they're uh, they're eternal now. It's like please, they're immortal at best or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to cut Joey off before he gets rolling. Yeah. He would have. He would have told the entire story. And <laughs> he why why would you go to the comics? And why would now? you go read it when you have Joey? Yeah. You got to have it in your hands. You need to have him for audios on book. Like, yeah. What is it? Book audio. Audiobooks. I thought I thought that way of expressing it. I don't know if I'm I'm into that too much. I mean, I, it makes sense and it sounds like a good story, but also, you know, putting this in the story now, like, what do I what do I need to read it for? If that's the reason that they're gonna, you know, is there a twist? Like, what could be the twist if they can just define word deviants by their definition? But it makes sense because they are the first, like, organisms, right? The the Eternals. They're the first like people who can say. We we can determine because we've been around forever. So, but I liked it. The art was pretty good. I mean, the art was. I was thinking of Dark Crisis. My bad. The art's okay. It's to me, it's inconsistent. It's um, hit and miss. Yeah, it's hit and from miss. Panel, like, from panel to panel, even not right. Not just page to page. See, okay. So this makes me feel. I, I think that this that little short story in there was rushed because I hated the dialogue in there, and I love Kieran Gillian's writing. And he might have rushed, and it sucks. Like they they called the the little mutant monkeys a thinky monkey, tell me Odin the king of Asgard, like his that's that's the that's the that's the words that he decides to call these these things a thinky monkey. Well, I mean the way they're the they're way they're portraying Odin <laughs> is uh, as a drunken Norseman, right? Who cares not for the whims of humanity? You know, like he's. Because even in the in the story, what does he say? If you give, give me, me meat, beer, go you, ahead. Yeah. you can do yeah. whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a very short sighted portrayal of yeah. him. Yeah, oh. because he's he's like, what do, when they get there, he's like, what are we doing here? 
I was I told there'd to, be mead. Yeah, like I don't. Where are we looking at these? You know, species. What what's going on? But uh, all in all, I mean, I guess I, I guess it's just gonna be interesting to see which way they go with it. I, I love. I do like that when they go to eradicate that species, the uh, bad guy was like, "Oh, this wasn't a request. We're oh, gonna oh, do it. Uranus, yeah. Uranus, Uranus or whatever. Yeah, Uranus, Uranus. Yeah. However you say. It. Yeah, I, I like him. I, I kind of yeah. like yeah. The, way, the little bit that we've seen. He's like, so I'm far. not asking for permission. Yeah. yeah. Cause uh, he's the cause we met him in the, the heretic I think that's mm-hmm. what it was, uh, but no I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. What I, did y'all What did y'all think about the panels the um, this panel I mean this page where they just wrecking everybody everybody's wrecking people. I love the fact that Captain Marvel snapped Rogue's neck. That was good. It really that was really cool. So like that happened, uh, but. I'm wondering where does this is this, does this take place in the timeline? Are we seeing some a future event? Is this one of Destiny's visions? Um, I don't know what's happening because this is a pretty brutal fight. Like yeah. Captain America's shield being wrapped around his face, that's terrifying. Like Cyclops is getting hit in the throat with Molnir. This has to be something that's in a in a different timeline or something. You're not I mean, because the, the last page, the last page, right? That was a little different. That was Omoria. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so spoilers alert. Well, I mean, for the whole thing, we've already been talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so towards the end of that short story, uh, MJ and her uh, aunt, I think it is. Not Aunt May, but Aunt, um, the, the Watson aunt. Anyway, um, are uh, on TV, and they're talking about uh, the Coca-Cola Miracle Pill, mm-hmm. the one for humans, extends your life by five years and, um, you know, cures your diseases and all yeah. that stuff. Um, and then uh, at the end of the book, uh, we see Moria McTaggart, uh, like in like this, she's like a full Omega Sentinel kind of. She's a, we've she's talked a, about this, yeah, yeah, but we haven't seen her in that full form yet. So you haven't is, seen her in that full form. What? She, she, yeah, she, like when she emerged from the grave, mm-hmm. she was, she like, was that Omega Sentinel. I must have missed that. Yeah, but she rose up from the ground, like yeah, tight. I missed it, but anyway, um, and uh, we find out like she's uh gonna be wearing her skin so it's kind of left in the air like if she got killed but i think no 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 no. because when you wake up i'll be wearing you yeah something like that so yeah uh mj was invited to the the gala the hellfire gala and moria is going to be posing as mj at the mm-hmm. met gala met gala sorry at the, the hellfire gala hellfire gala it was pretty tight do you have any predictions on where this is going Short predictions. Short predictions. Uh, nowhere that matters, unfortunately. <laughs> it's going to be a cool story. There's going to be a lot of cool fights. No one's going to die at the end of it. But I think that's the fun of these books. I don't know. Do y'all know how long this is supposed to be? Judgment Day? No. Six issues? I don't know. I like those little fun stories. When they, you know, I don't think as long as it's not, you know, they're not going to keep dragging it and stuff. I just know what I'm excited about this one is that the fact that they're bringing in a character that has like nothing to do with, I don't want to say nothing to do with the Avengers because he was an Avenger, uh, but they're bringing in Curveball and, and uh, bringing in like Spider-Man's world in this into bringing in Mary Jane into this whole deal because whatever happens. But you whatever, know she was like Tony Stark's assistant, assistant right? right? Yeah. I don't see where you're getting, oh, she has nothing to do with the Avengers. <laughs> They like directly other. tied. Yeah. Okay, well, they're breaking. And when like, Spider-Man was an Avenger, they stayed in Avengers Tower. They're like two things right there, right off the bat. 
Okay, well, for me, it's like setting up uh, Avengers versus X-Men versus the Eternals, and then Spider-Man's going to come in and do something to save the day. Spider-Man is an honorary Avenger, and I don't think he's going to come in and save the day. This has more to do with the Hellfire Gala than mm-hmm. the... Uh... Okay, so those are two separate stories. You know that, right? Like, one does not affect the other. The Mary Jane thing is not part of Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I just blew Joey's mind. That's part of the Hellfire stuff in the X-Men books. Singular, like separately, apart from Judgment Day. They're not connected, Joey. I mean they are stories? in that they are in the in the fact that that uh that uh they take place in the Marvel universe, but one is not part of Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I think I just I'm re- gonna go home and rewrite your um, oh, yeah. erase your chalkboard. <laughs> this was all true. because I I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need new strings, mom. Months for work. This, these <laughs> yeah, months of work down the drain. I was I'm just like you know what Spider Man's yeah. gonna come in with a vengeance and it's gonna be this whole big deal. Well, and, and that's the other thing. Uh, I think in the Messenger, the new Spider Man book, we see Mary Jane is married <clears throat> with two kids. Oh. Oh, did you not pay attention to that when I said that? Nah. Like, yeah, there's a there's a whole ass preview online that shows that. I need to catch up, man. Uh, in other news, uh, we meet Blade's daughter in this book also. There's that. Her name is Bloodline. Ugh. Yeah, very good. Mm. I, the name sucks. Yeah. I, I didn't like that name. Isn't that like a title? That was a title, Bloodlines. I think that was like a Dark Knight's title back in the 90s, like Morbius and all that stuff. Uh, but in this one, uh, she, she was it. No, I think it was a DC book. Oh yes, where they were trying yes. to introduce new uh, super meta humans. Yes, the super meta like uh, yeah. Hitman <laughs> and <laughs> all these other yeah. characters. But yeah, DC Bloodlines. I remember Oof. that. Oof. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that's what it was. Good fucking child. It happens. I have to. Put, I have to throw one of those in there every episode. Yeah, it makes you feel better. Yeah. But in this one, uh, we get to meet Bloodline, and is she's uh, Blade and Saffron's daughter. So that's this, that's that. She fights a vampire at a video game tournament with a controller. Vampires, man. Vampires. Just vampires. You you saw how lame that story was, too, right? Yes, I yeah. did. Remember that. that vampires. Yeah, that's the one thing I can't get behind, man. I'm all about like being creative and doing your own thing, but. It's very hard to come to me and be like, "This is a good, a good thing that has vampires in this kind of setting." Like, All right, so I have a question for you. So, since vampires are so overdone, like, I mean, that's that's my opinion of it, and I think we can all agree that you know, by any iteration, vampires come in the story. Yeah, I know we loathe. Yeah. So, um, what are your expectations with the Blade series starting? It's going to be coming out, and then. Uh, yeah, the the, the Marshal Ali Blade series. Do you think that's gonna be good? Or do you Maharshala think be... Ali. Maharshala, sorry. Maharshala. Maharshala. Mm-hmm. I, I like Blade in the sense of that he's not trying to be anything other than like what he is. Like he's just a vampire that's trying to not be a vampire. You know, it's how I always perceived him. Yeah, and he's not looking to like, you know, I don't know, like get this extra power or trying to be the most powerful like he just wants to kill vampires and the vampires that he kills they're not these vampires that get superpower they're just like these 
the like vampires just regular vampires that he's just chopping off and i think that makes him cool because you still get the action part of it right you still get the you know he he does all these weapons he's, he's super like that's cool but it's not anything bigger than his little world and i'm okay with that but the minute that you start doing like you know we we're trying to get ready to implement the fantastic four and what if they were vampires or you know he's he's killing vampires so now he's going to help kill zombies like i don't want to see any of that but so i think it might be good as a reference to the wesley snipe movie like I, that's why i want to see it i want to see how it compares to that because i really like that movie yeah but other than that i don't really care where it goes or if it goes anywhere or mm -hmm. danny what do you think about it hate it really no i'm just kidding i think it's gonna be interesting uh i'm with mondo in that i want to see how it uh stands up to the movie compares to the movie the wesley snipe movies um I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge vampire guy. I think they are just overdone, they're over over stylized. First of all, and they're overdone. Um, they're they're always like, if vampires existed, the world like. I hate apocalyptic shit. I can't stand it. Vampires, zombies, uh, plagues. We miraculously just survived one. You know, stuff like that really just, like, why? Why? How how depressed are you that you're writing this end-of-the-world shit? And it, and it's so fascinating to you that, the, that this is your thing. This is your kink. End of the world. You know? Like, I, I just can't get behind. Like, I'm fine with werewolves because werewolves never run. You get you throw them some some treats and they're your best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, you can turn a werewolf. You can be friends with a werewolf, you know, but vampires, vampires always, always look interview with a fucking vampire. They thought they killed the motherfucker. And at the end, no, now I'm turning Christian Slater into a vampire. And that's the thing, like with like what you said is a good point. It's like these writers that write this stuff that's so like depressing and stuff. They're always trying to get the people to survive right in this poke like we're, we're trying to apocalyptic some, world yeah. yeah so you know but then they they still doom them yeah like they still it's do all, it's it, always doomed it doesn't matter yeah like the walking dead that whole story is is about uh the trials and tribulations of humanity turning on itself after a zombie apocalypse which means now they're double fucked because if the zombies don't get you your fellow man is going to get you which, yeah, that's true in the real world, too. But I don't need fucking zombies <laughs> as as an added layer of shit. You know what I'm why saying? Not, why not, like, just give up? The, like, it's over. Yeah. The Walking Dead is a bad example to use because it ended on a really happy note. The The Dawn of the Dead is probably a better one. Whenever they, they get on the boat yeah. and they get on the island and all of a sudden the island is infested with zombies. Oh. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. That's probably better. But that's what I'm saying. Like, zombies are... Mm -hmm. Forever, yep. yeah. No matter what zombie movie you see, like it's Empire. forever. Yeah. Like the mummy, I'm I'm totally fine with the mummy. It's one mummy. He's not out there biting you and making more mummies. If anything, he's just killing you, and you can dismember the mummy because he's a sorry. He's a he's a he's a corpse. Yeah, you burn him. Yeah, you can burn him. He's got toilet you can paper on him. him. Up. You, can, you, you know, uh, Frankenstein. It's just one Frankenstein's monster. He's not, that guy died. He's not making more Frankenstein's <laughs> monsters. Right. Okay. 
I mean, he, yes, uh-huh. Bride of Frankenstein, but still, too. And they're not procreating. Those organs are long dead. <laughs> they're shooting <laughs> dust at best. Dust, yep. <laughs> the Invisible Man, that formula is gone. He's, it's just one guy. That's having fun. He's just having fun. He's just, you know, checking out the ladies, you know. He's, <laughs> I mean, the vampires, are, vampires and zombies are just so apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just end of the world shit. Yeah. And, and and to deal with something like that, it 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 just like ugh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to read about that. But I like Blade because what is Blade doing? Blade is fighting against these things that have cursed him mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's saving humanity, but not because he really wants to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's out there like fuck this vampire, <laughs> fuck that vampire. <laughs> You know, he's like taking it out personally on them. Yeah. So, like, I can't. That's why, I, like, it has to be a really special or really neat story about vampire. Like, I read one story that was fucking awesome. It was the the biggest plot twist that I'd ever seen about a vampire who was having dinner with this guy, and they were talking about, oh, I remember uh, my first day as a vampire, and. It turned out that it was Judas Iscariot. Whoa. Like from the Bible? From the Bible. Wow. That that was the first vampire. Dang. I was like, what? That's amazing. Yes, I'm here for that one. You know? Yeah. But other other vampire were, oh, we're going to, you know, bite everybody and take over the world. Goofy vampires. I like goofy vampires. Like Once Bitten, George Hamilton. Fuck yeah. Put that on loop all day. You got to go back and see that. I'll check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a goofy ass vampire. Or the one with Jim Carrey, uh, oh, him and Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Is that one's bitten? I think yeah, that's, I think one that's one's bitten. Where she's that like biting bitten. them on the inner thigh. Yeah. Oh, that's for like horny teens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for goofy vampires all day. Because they um, are goofy, man. Oh, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer with Paul oh, Rubens. Oh, man, that was funny. Yeah. 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 I, I, I might even go see Renfeld with uh, Nick Cage is vampire. Oh, oh yeah. Renfeld. But like. All this apocalyptic vampire shit, leave me out. You know. Do you remember that movie Daybreak? No, I never saw it. Yeah, okay, never mind. Never saw it. That's about it. Okay. It's probably the only one, like the only vampire movie that that was apocalyptic, but it was like a twist on me. It was the one whenever, like, vampires won and they took over everything. And for me, like, that's the most realistic thing that would happen. Yeah. Like, if the vampires are real, they would just take over everything and use humans as, like, a farm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's hard for me to take a lot of these vampire stories seriously whenever I get into them. Right. So um, anytime I see a vampire in a book now, like it's a random thing, like the Moon Knight thing that popped up. Uh, vampires were the, the villains. That one uh, story that you gave me that you were uh, pissed off about that was vampires, the superhero book on Kickstarter. I can't remember the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was a really cool superhero story. And then like the last five pages, it, you find out that the superhero is actually a vampire and he's fighting vampires. And it goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, it really falls apart for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Anyways, we've got to take another break. Uh, we'll be right back after this other word from our sponsor, Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Thank you for the vampires for sponsoring that message. Yeah. Uh, now we're gonna gonna pop in with uh, kind of what we've been reading this past week, uh, past two weeks. I think the uh, big book out now is what Banner of War. Yeah, Donny Cates, 
uh, Banner of War, and it's uh, essentially a Thor versus Hulk book, but the Donny Cates Thor. Uh, sorry, Donny Cates is Hulk. Well, I guess and his Thor because he just came off of that run too. Right. Uh, but um, was he to set up? I think so. Donny Cates on Thor. Yeah. No. He had a Thor book. No, um. Because he was one like the whole Black Winter and all that, wasn't he? Wasn't that Jason Aaron? Oh shit! Yeah, it was Jason Aaron. Yeah. Might have been. Yeah. Anyway. Donny Cates' latest thing was the that um, crossover and then. The Hulk. The Hulk and, the Hulk and uh, with Ryan Otley, right? He's done Venom. Before that, it was all that Carnage Venom nonsense. Yeah. yeah. But with um, this Hulk right here, he's... Uh, the Bruce Banner and Hulk, they've been split up into three different entities. And they're now in one body. So, body of the Hulk, the mind of Bruce Banner piloting them, and the rage of the Hulk um, in the engine room that Bruce uses to fuel the Hulk's anger and strength. So Hulk is now in three different pieces, um, and uh, Thor, who now has uh, Molnir, who looks, uh, which is now back together, looks just like in the movie. Um, and then uh, Odin is now inside of the hammer, and he's speaking to Thor in like a, a third person, kind of like a uh, like a spirit little guy. Right. And so they're they're just fighting. I I can't remember exactly what the setup was for them to start fighting. But I just know they fight, and it's it's a really because it's cool because it's yeah. cool, man. Like there's a spread that's, page. That's of all it. you need. It's cool. Like no, there's literally a spread page in the middle of the book that has Hulk on one side, Thor on the other. They have health bars and everything, and it says fight. Yeah, you know? and it, it's a pretty tight. It's I mean, there's a lot of action in on it. Uh, the ending is really cool uh, for it, and I'm kind of I'm gonna see the where ending it goes. of the story, or the ending of book one, the ending of book one. Okay, yeah, the ending of book one. Um, Odin's like, I have an idea. And so he, uh, Thor throws the hammer at Hulk, hits him in the head, and then we see like uh, Bruce Banner inside of, because uh, he's like in the pilot room somehow right. inside inside of the inside of the Hulk. And so like, either like he's recovering from it, like he's a Power Ranger and a Megazord, and he wakes up and then he sees Odin in there inside of his head. It's like, Bruce Banner, I shall have words with thee. And that cuts off. And then now I just found out that we're going to have Iron Man come in with the celestial armor coming into the mix. Mm -hmm. So this story is just a lot of like action figures, like smashing them together. Yeah. That's pretty much what this is. I, 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 like reading this because this is a, this is a Donnie Cates book. Yeah. And he did. He's done like I think he's still writing Hulk, but he's writing this on the side. Yeah. Or is this part of the Hulk line? No, this is on the side. OK, so this is on the side because his Hulk is still ongoing. And then he wrote. Uh, Venom with the Venom Carnage book, right? Mm -hmm. And then he wrote Thanos wins the mm -hmm. Thanos wins storyline in the Thanos books. Really, uh, I feel like uh, Donnie Cates is turning into Jeff Johns yes. really, really fast. Yeah, uh, how so? Uh, Jeff Johns uh, put out like he started off like spectacularly. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he wrote well. He wrote Green Lantern Rebirth. Mm -hmm. Yep in uh flash rebirth but he was right like he started off writing justice society mm -hmm. and he took all those characters made them very prominent in the modern day dc universe where they were operating side by side with the justice like they were on par in, in terms of uh importance and strength and abilities plus their roster was almost twice the size of the justice leagues um and he really like turned them around. He brought in, he had he has his favorites. 
Superman, Black Adam, like all these classic Golden Age heroes, the original Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, the original Flash, Barry Allen. And Kyle Rayner and Wally West had already established themselves as great, great characters for a new generation of readers. But Jeff Johns was so hooked on his favorites that he wrote them back in continuity. He wrote them back mm-hmm. into current day comics. And I think that's like he t- he wants his favorite toys to be prominent. Mm-hmm. Like He took Superman and introduced uh, King Come Superman into the JSA. Uh, he made Black Adam the like an anti-hero. I don't know if that was because he could or could not use Captain Marvel at the time, but Black like Black Adam became a very prominent figure in the Justice Society. And I feel like Donnie Cates like that's where he's going. Like if you read Thanos wins, he throws all the Avengers, and it does seem like a sandbox kind of story. Mm-hmm. He throws all the Avengers you can think of at Thanos, and Thanos just rips. You know, he like walks through them. Uh, at the end of the story, it's just Thanos and Frank Castle ghost. Like he even turned Frank Castle, the Punisher into a ghost writer from the future with a piece of the time stone. Like th- these are, these are the ramblings of an eight year old with toys. Right. <laughs> on the, on the, you know, it, it sounds cool as shit. Yeah. But after when you dissect it, you're like, wow, this, this, okay. You know, whatever. <laughs> Um, because I will say at least the the Thanos wins storyline it had some like substance to, substance to substance to it. Sorry, like the whole point of of why Thanos was doing all this at the end was to impress like Death, which has been yeah. his whole. You know, there was no other like alternative, and so while you're reading it, you think, "Oh, there's this big," and it's kind of like ties everything together as like a really good story the way it ends. But like Danny said. It's literally like popping your, taking your action figures apart and putting the pieces to make whatever character you want. And at least that story had a a good story, a good like Like meaning behind of it. The way that he's moving forwards with stories, it's, it just seems like it's just left with the action figures. Like that's it. And it's because all, you know, all these people are buying like these books and, you know, getting, getting remarks and signatures and grading them and flipping them and whatever. And so um, his stories, I mean, I haven't read like the Hulk or anything, but I read some of that Venom stuff. And I was like, man, anybody could have done this. Like any person that has ever done a Venom book, wrote a Venom book, like they could have done this. It's not not groundbreaking. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking, you know. So, but yeah, at least I would say at least read that storyline to get some perspective on him. Because you like you like that crossover book, right? Yeah. 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 And crossover is a pretty good book. I mean, it's. You know, it's a roller coaster ride. Did you read this latest one? I haven't. I haven't read the last one. I have it at home. I haven't read it. I, yeah. I yeah. So I think this is the last arc or the last issue of the first arc, and then we're gonna go into the next arc. I think if they if they continue the story, because mm-hmm. this one kind of wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The last yeah. crossover was between him and the reader, so it was a really cool flip on what crossover means. So it was like the the final book was Donny Cates. Kinda, I guess like. Maybe that's the Love issue. Maybe it. that's the problem in that he's putting a lot, he's expending a lot of energy on crossover and something like the Hulk, which is a Marvel property. And he can't really, you know, he's just like, you know what? Let's just. Cause, uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yes. Okay. So in crossover, there's a line where, uh, uh, you remember in, uh, God country, the sword Valifax, that mm-hmm. was every blade, every sword, every, uh, sharp object, every th- whatever. 
Um, and he's, uh, as Donny Cates is writing it, in the letter to the reader, he's like, this? I can do this all day. Uh, but he said he originally wanted uh, to write a love story, but he said he just physically wasn't able to do it. Like, it just didn't turn out good. Like, what he was trying to write just wasn't what he wanted to write. But what he knows that he can do uh, is the, the, the cool, like, sword smashing stuff and all that. Yeah. Um, and then it was, like, kind of like a, the final message. Like, he just doesn't want to – He's his fear of being a one-note guy – and then it just kind of being like, you know what? I just I'm just gonna write what I love, and so I think he's a guy that just loves to get his toys and smash, and smash together. them together. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. You know, it's I so, can see it now. I mean, if we get some wins like Thanos wins, or you two would keep on telling me that I need to read it, I need to read it, I need there, to read it. I will say that there has been other like you know beat em up. I call them beat em up books because that's just what they're, they're just, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think some of them are even worse because they have like either bad art and bad writing. Yeah. So at least he's like, I still think he's a good writer. I just think he's maybe stuck in this mode of, like Danny said, he's kind of wanting to do what he wants to do because he has the opportunity to, you know. So, but yeah, but yeah uh, Banner of War, you recommend it? No? Yes. Uh, if you like, it's, it's, it's one issue so far, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a book that uh, has a deep story, this isn't it. If you're looking for a book that you can read, like, damn, that fight was cool. Read, read it. Yeah, okay. that's a good way because I still love those old, like, man, those Jack Kirby books where it's just like, you know, the Hulk and Hercules or, you know, um, the Hulk and Thor or whatever. Like, yeah. and it, they're just beat up books. Like, you just, but it's so good. Yeah, like, that's know? why I can't really remember what the setup was because, like, yeah. I think the first, like, two or three pages, they start boxing. That's cool. Like, it just starts, mm -hmm. you know, and they just go. Just in there. Yeah. Nice. There. I'm, I'm ready for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely not going to be like some kind of like deep story, like oh, yeah. super meaningful or something like that. Yeah, it okay. is what it is. Um, I read X Men Eleven. X Men Eleven came out. Uh, Pepe Larraz back on the book. I think he took a break. Uh, this shows the X Men. So I don't know if you've got been guys been keeping up. I'm about two or three issues behind. Like, but early in the series, they were fighting threats. Thrown at them from Game World, yeah, out in outer space from Eucalyptus Jones, Cordyceps Jones, shit, Cordyceps Jones, Eucalyptus, Eucalyptus, <laughs> Eucalyptus. Bro. Oh, are you assuming his his flora, bro? Are you assuming his flora? Oh man, plant face, <laughs> plant face, <laughs> Eucalyptus Jones, <And> yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> Cordyceps Jones. Yeah. Cordyceps Jones has been Eucalyptus. fucking with the X-Men. <laughs> Cordyceps Jones has been fucking with the X-Men. So the X-Men finally turn and take the fight to Game World. Oh, shit. Yeah. Who do they send? They send in Marvel Girl, Wolverine, Rogue, and Polaris. And they each have, like, uh, kind of the way they have their, like, this is something that, that Joey loves. They've managed to combine abilities so that they all like stack on each other. Like one mm -hmm. helps the other. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so th that. this team has that capability. Like they're all going to stack something nice. sooner like or later. Link. Yeah. Uh, the way they do for the resurrection the five, protocols. Yeah. yeah the, pro the five. But this team is built in that specific manner. But what happens is uh, they get there. And they're immediately tagged. Like, Jean Grey is trying to mask their presence. It doesn't work. Dang. Uh, 
Why doesn't it work? Cordyceps Jones is a fun guy. So his spores are all over the place. It doesn't matter. He knows like whether somebody, you're wow, infected or not. That's tight. So that's his deal. So that's his deal. That's cool. So he has like omnipresence. Pretty much. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. Omnipresence. Omnipresence. Yeah. yeah. Omnipresence yeah. is everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. it's sports. Damn. Wow. That's tight. So How are you going to be the guy that knows what you're doing? I don't know. But it, it like kind of leaves on a cliffhanger. That's, that's cool. good. That's really good. That's really where, good. Where uh, Wolverine is uh, taken over by Cordyceps Jones. And she's like growing a fungus out of the side of her. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Fuck. That's tight though. It, it, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. And then like that's the A story. The B story is uh Cyclops had taken on uh uh what the mantle of Captain The Krakoa? mantle of Captain Krakoa because he, he died. He died, yeah. And but he died publicly right. and the X-Men haven't shown the world that they've solved for death just yet so in order to still operate he has to disguise himself well they found the murderer him in sync and they it leads them into the tunnels like they're they're trailing him and sinks like using wolverine's abilities of of smell tracking and everything it's like okay there are two trails here one's this way one's that way and they're like, all right, well, we got to split up. And Cyclops takes off by himself, sink, takes off in the other direction. Cyclops uh, confronts the murderer, who is Dr. Stasis, a completely new character who was introduced, I think, in X-Men 4 or 5 of this new volume. Um, really cool look, really cool design, kind of like a glass helmet with like a big, you know, gallant collared jacket and everything. You know, the same way, like, any any kind of crazy Marvel doctor you would see. You would see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they get into a tussle, uh, and uh, Cyclops tears, I guess, shoots yeah, the helmet off. Is that him? Yeah. He looks tight. Right? Yeah, he shoots the helmet cool. off, and the reveal is it's a clone of Mr. Sinister. Dang. Oh, this is the one that has the, the, the clover. Club. The yeah. club. The club. So now I'm wondering. So now I'm wondering if there's another guy that has like a because Mister Sinister has the diamond. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's one that has a heart and then uh whatever. The, oh, like a, a diamond. Deck. Yeah, no. the card, like a cold mm. deck of cards. Spade. Yeah. Spade. Yeah. That'd be tight. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. But he's a clone of Sinister, huh? So what? What's his? What was his goal to? What was he trying to do? Well, I don't know. It, it leaves right there, and it, that's the the cliffhanger on the B story. So Ooh, that's pretty cool. I yeah. think he, uh, I think Sinister cloned himself or something. Oh, dude, you know he had to. That dude's always cloning somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that's his, that's his MO, man. Yeah, that's his thing. His thing. So Genetic splicing. That's, that's what I read. Uh, I, I flipped through Death of Justice League, which, you know, the Justice League aren't dead. But they're going to replace him for the time being with a new Justice League. Mm -hmm. um, and... I'm I'm interested to see it because it's leading into Dark Crisis. Yeah. DC's big crossover for the yeah. summer. Yeah. Um. They Dark Crisis. They gathered. They gathered all of the big heavy hitter bad guys: Doomsday, uh, Eclipso, Necron, Dark Side. 
just all these guys and murder, just straight up murder the DC uh, mm-hmm. Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. All these heroes are just gone now. So um, there's like an establishing shot of all the heroes that are left behind kind of doing a candlelight vigil for them and everything. And even Deathstroke is like there. Yeah, he's like, he's like on the roof. He's like, mm. Cause yeah. I yeah I read that the Dark Crisis the little free comic book thing and the art's great in it yeah um, I liked how it opened with uh, Wally West Wally West Flash um, he was, took over that man so I liked that the art was good and stuff and then um, oh yeah because the art the the regular Flash right. Barry Allen is lost in time yeah, or something yeah like that was the first key to the whole Dark Crisis and that happened maybe what yeah. a month ago yeah two that was ago. like a while back like he got lost. And they had like Justice League Incarnate, which is the Cal Kent Superman and Earth twenty three leading a multiversal Justice League come to Earth and like, hey, uh sorry, but your Barry Allen has been misplaced. <laughs> so Yeah, it was just really cool how he came. Like that top panel was really cool. It's fighting Clay. Is that Sean Chen? I think it's um this looks No, that's Jimmy Jim, Chung. Jim Chung, yeah. Jim Chung. Jim Chung. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I read that, and then um, I read the I read this really cool book. It's called. Can you hand me those books, Danny? I don't want them. Yeah. Yeah. Put this back here. Thanks. Uh, text. Oh, where's the? Did I have another one over there? Behind it, I thought this one was really cool. Oh yeah, that one. This one's really trippy. It's it? called Nottingham. Nottingham. Okay. So it's a take on Robin Hood. And but uh, Robin Hood and his merry men are. Um, it's a Colin Bunn book. Yeah, is it? Is this who? Oh yeah, no. It says Hazan Moody. You sure? Yeah, writer David Hazan, artist Andrea Muti. Yeah, I'm not confused. Yeah, but anyway, it's like um, Robin Hood. They're they're doing the same, but they dress up kind of like bank robbers in that time. So they oh. have these like wooden carved masks. Right, and they yeah. just the first thing they go in and they kill this like kind of like a noble person, but not a rich wealthy person. They're having like a little Christmas thing, and so it turns into this like more of an investigation story of what is like Robin Hood, and they call him the Hood and his merry men. And so, but they're not dressed like in in like the normal Tights green and, and ty- they like literally have stuff from whoever they robbed. So they have like all these different kinds of chainmails and armor. So it's like Robin Hood in right. town. And so you think that while you're reading it, you think, oh, like this is, um, this is, a, oh, it's just a typical, like he's, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. But in the end, it kind of t- turns into like Robin Hood is actually like creating these scenarios to give the impression that he's helping out the rich and the rich, you know, the poor. So he's like making people poor to steal from the rich and give to them. So there's like a whole other like alternative of why he's doing it. So wait, like, um, is he like an evil tax baron and he's creating the poor so that he can go steal more money from rich? It people? could, it's, it kind of seems that way, but the, the, um, like one of his merry men turns out to be, um, this kid and they blame his mother for the death of, um, the guy that they snuck in and murdered the the mom witnessed it and she she confessed she's like oh you know he's just gotten into some trouble with some wrong people and they got and they find him in this um i don't know if i got this guy's name the detective i call and um he's like look man like i can either 
you know, take you in or, you know, or your mom, they're going to hang her tomorrow or, you know, you can fight me because he's trying to fight him. So he ends up killing him. He's like, but he told him, like, you don't know what's going on. Like, you know, I can't go against Robin Hood. It's the typical like cliffhanger of like, you'll never find out what's really going on. And then right. he dies. But it was just a different take on it. So that was pretty cool. And then I just read this old, uh, well, not old. It's actually a new text. If you guys like like adventure books and old timey westerns and stuff, um, they, they redid text. I never really liked it. My dad used to read it. Um, but this art is really, really good, the black and white. And so I was reading. It's just an adventure story. Who's the artist? Um, Mich Michelle Rubini. Oh, it looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. And the cool thing it about it. It looks kind of like Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, it's very like the what we were talking about last time, one time about inks and how you have to, you know, do different um, techniques to get textures and shadows and lights and stuff. And also you can, if you look in the story, there's no splash pages. There's no big, it's all just panels, kind of like a, those old school comics. Straight storytelling. Yeah, just straight storytelling. But all of are different at different angles and stuff. So that makes it kind of neat. Yeah, that's kind of what I read. So, well, good stuff. Yeah, that, that is that. That all sounds good. I'm gonna check some of that out. I know I got the textbook. Yeah, uh, from uh, Free Comic Book Day. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that I think that wraps us up for the week. You guys got any shout outs you wanna give? Wanna yeah, shout out. I think we all want to shout out the same dude. Yeah, uh, shout out to Nathan Wells uh, in this book, uh, Equilibrium, uh, from uh, Common Cow Exclamation Common Cow. So I'm not sure how you want to pronounce that, but. Uh, he was in uh, Local Guy, Waco Artist. Uh, he has a double-page spread uh, that was featured in this book, Equilibrium, for Free Comic Book Day. So that's that's pretty cool. So shout-out to Nathan Wells for making that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That's congratulations, really congratulations, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, shout-out to my wife. <laughs> uh, see how I set him up like that? Yep. Got to distract them. Every time. Every time. Every time. Shout out to my wife. Uh, man, she's been holding it down always. Shout out to you guys as usual, Bankstons. Um, shout out to some local Comic Cons that are getting ready to gear up. I hope you guys, we have good shows. Shout out to Rogue Media. Go check out their page. Look at all their other podcasts. I think that's it. Yep. Shout out my wife. Uh, shout out my mother-in-law. She took care of me while I was sick this past week because hey. uh, my wife was out of town. She was in Tampa holding it down money wise. Um, you know, she was doing her job. She's like gotten a promotion. So now she's hey. a big cross country traveler. Wow. I say cross country. It's really only only Tennessee, Oklahoma, oh, and Tampa. Okay. So it was like the, the, the triangle of the worst <laughs> of the rust belt of oh, the, God. of the Bible belt, the triangle yeah. of the Bible belts. <laughs> Dang. But I mean, she's she's doing a lot of cool stuff, um, and like I said, my mother in law came through, dropped off like Gatorades and nice. soups and foods and everything, made sure I wasn't dying. Um, shout out to you guys. Uh, you know, we're here still. We're you know getting books, hopefully. Yes. Are we yeah, getting, man. Hell we're yeah. Getting pages. Yes, we're getting pages, man. I started. I've been working all weekend. No sleep. Team no sleep. Are we getting scripts? Yeah. Okay. Good. I got you. Yeah. I got right. you. I got right. you. Cool. Well, I think I think that about does it for us here at the Long Box Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and tune in every other week to see what we have to say. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez 
Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art, and you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Throw a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. I don't know. <laughs>